Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This week's podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. With us to talk about the passing of Margaret Thatcher is uh, editor, Weekly Standard editor Bill Crystal. Uh, you wrote a, a piece today mentioning the big three, Bill. They were the first three names I thought of as well. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, John Paul II. All of them came to power. That's the right word for John Paul II, or came to positions <laughs> of authority, let's say, in uh, the very end of the 70s, or in Reagan's case, actually, in November 1980 or January 81. Um, they dominated international politics, and to some degree, domestic politics, and their own institutions or countries during the 80s. They changed the course of history, um, and they're all gone now. So it's really a moment, I think, to be reminded of their greatness, of their elite uh, spirit in uh, standing up against conventional wisdom and in being strong defenders of the West, and, and both militarily and but also spiritually and in terms of the values virtues of the West. And also, and, and this is what strikes me the most, is we tend to forget it afterwards. You know, afterwards you think, well, they all became, of course, it was inevitable somehow Reagan and Thatcher and the Pope would emerge. And they were, they were all such unlikely leaders. If you had been standing, uh, if we have been talking in 1974 or 5, one would not have predicted that any of them would have emerged to lead their countries or institutions. The first female prime minister of Great Britain who defeated the leader of her party and, and then defeated the Labor Party and, and took over and was when she won in 79, as I recall, people sort of thought, well, maybe a year or two, you know, another one of those short-lived failed British governments of the 70s. And instead, she was in power for over a decade. And obviously, Pope John Paul II, the first non-Italian pope in, what, 450 years or something, and a you know, truly transformative figure in so many ways. And Ronald Reagan, who had been, you know, counted out in the late 70s and wins the nomination and the presidency and, and uh, is an awfully uh, successful and important president. So it's a real lesson in uh, how thing, you know, what everyone, what the conventional wisdom thinks is likely or inevitable uh, doesn't always happen. And it's in this case for the best. It's also a great opportunity to go back and do some keeping of score. And I've been watching this uh, TV show called The Americans, which is placed in the early Reagan years. It's a Russian spy family in the United States. And it's, it's been eye-opening to my friends because it reminds, they're like, oh my gosh, I mean, back then there were people who didn't want to confront the Soviet Union. Oh my gosh, I mean, back then there were people who thought the Soviet Union might be a good thing. I said, yes, they really existed. It's, it's a good reminder to remind us how many of our leaders today, 30 years ago, just how wrong they were. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for conservatives in particular, who might be a little demoralized about the current state of things in the last couple of elections and fights on the right and, you know, our conservative ideas keeping up with the time, and I, I think there need to be reforms and fresh ideas, obviously, but I mean, what a vindication of conservatism, really, modern conservatism, the 80s were. I mean, one forgets Britain was just going down the tubes at home and, of course, was becoming increasingly unimportant abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, America under Carter, one needs to say no more. Uh, even the Catholic Church, it's a different kind of situation, but the sense that it was just going to fall apart, had nothing to say to the modern world, that maybe a few traditionalists would sort of hang on. And the extent to which those three, by being basically conservatives, reformist conservatives, mm-hmm. forward-looking conservatives, but tough principle conservatives, too, were able to, to really uh, win the day against their opponent, I mean, against all the doubters who thought Reagan was going to plunge us into a nuclear uh, showdown and thought that Thatcher was going to you know, ruin what was what little was left of the British economy. Uh, and it really is important, I think, for ideas to be tested in the real world. And as a young conservative at the time, I remember thinking in 1979, 1980, well, this is the moment. I mean, if Thatcher and Reagan fail, and of course it was possible they would, we didn't know their economic policies would succeed, we didn't know the Soviet Union would crumble at the end of the decade. Right. If they fail, all these ideas are just going to be discredited. And 
it really is heartening to remember that these ideas were put to the test and they were contrary to conventional wisdom and contrary to liberal orthodoxy, and they succeeded. And what's frustrating to me is we've had a series of ideas put to, te- to, put, put to the test in the last five, six, seven years, if you include Europe as well as the United States, of kind of a top-down governance and economic control from on top and government spending, high taxes, et cetera, and it's not passing the test. I, why can't we get this graded on the same curve that Margaret Thatcher gets graded on? Well, I think I think we're going to have a chance, because I do think those ideas aren't passing the test. But at the state level in the U.S., I think you could say we're having some mini Thatcherite um, successes, really, mm-hmm. with the Scott Walkers, the Bobby Dindles, and Chris Christie's of the world. I mean, they're putting into place tough conservative uh, policies over opposition, and they're working in those states, Miss Channels in Indiana. Uh, I also think in international relations, unfortunately, we're testing the well, you might the opposite of Thatcherism under President Obama, and I'm really afraid that's not working out very well. So you do need the positive agenda, though. And, and here I come back to Thatcher and Reagan. I mean, both of them took on the orthodoxies of their own parties. Reagan took on the Ford and Kissinger and Rockefeller uh, and Country Club Republicans. Thatcher took on the old boy network, the, the, the what she called the wet Tories and Britain, uh, sort of the rhinos of, of Britain at the time. Right. And they were unpopular with many segments of their own party, and especially the establishment of their own party. So it really is, um, I think, there's a lesson there, too. One last question. You mentioned Scott Walker. That's the name that popped up on my radio show earlier today when we were talking about who might be the Margaret Thatcher of the moment. Are there, are any, are there any Thatcher, Reagan, John Pauls out there that we should be keeping an eye on? Well, I mean, I'm sure there are. I trust there are, and I hope more and more people are inspired to go in that direction as they read about, and you know, many of these people were very young at the time of uh, Mrs. Thatcher and, and President Reagan taking over. Um, but you don't know much about them ahead of time. Margaret Thatcher wasn't particularly well-known, and she wasn't hadn't even been that conservative, really, when she uh, led the revolt against Edward Heath and the sort of Tory establishment in the mid-'70s. So I think there's plenty of people who could emerge. One thinks, obviously, of the younger senators and congressmen, the Rubios and the Paul Ryans, and, and the younger governors, the Scott Walkers and, and, and Christie's and Jindal's and, and more. But it could also be someone we've barely spoken about. I mean, the degree to which Mrs. Thatcher was a backbencher, I believe, or at least a very junior cabinet, uh, not even cabinet, but a junior member of the shadow cabinet in, in 74. And Ronald Reagan was a defeated former presidential candidate out of office in 77. Uh, the degree to which you can move quickly, in, in, especially in the U.S., that's really a healthy thing about our system. But you need nerve, and you need ideas. As Thatcher famously said, you've got to win the argument before you can win the votes, and that's something Republicans have forgotten a little bit over the last several years. So I, I very much hope we have Thatcher and Reagan ahead of us. That may be my favorite uh, uh, quote from Margaret Thatcher of the day, and I've heard so many great ones I've been re- reminded of. Thank you for that, Bill Crystal. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Michael. This is the Weekly Standard Podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. Also, check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.